This is Tuesday, October 12th. Not long ago, Sandy and I rose at 4.30 a.m. to make an early flight from New Orleans to Miami. We arrived at the airport with plenty of time. We got through TSA, found our way to the gate, and soon we were boarded and ready to push back. Now, at that time, the pilot indicated they had equipment problems and, and they would not be able to use that airplane. We disembarked the plane and found huge lines of passengers trying to get on other flights. It was a nightmare, not only because of the crush of people, but because the other flights that day were heavily booked too. And I learned that our airline would not rebook us on other airlines. You see, through the years, what is called the rules of carriage for the airlines have gone through multiple changes. It used to be that if your flight was canceled and the airline couldn't book you on their flight, they would then book you on other airlines because they had a responsibility to get you to your destination. But they don't do that. They, they do none of that any longer. Indeed, the rules keep changing each year, sometimes multiple times in a year. Now the rules of carriage for Southwest Airlines, for example, are 47 pages long. JetBlue's take 57 pages to print out. Wow! Who can figure out all the rules? I remember when it was fun to fly, and the airlines would do almost anything to help you. Now here's our text for today that we pick up from yesterday. Colossians 2, 16-17. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Now that mention in that first verse of the Sabbath day and how you keep it was at the heart of Judaism. By the time Paul wrote these words, the rules about the Sabbath had ballooned like the contract of carriage rules of the airlines. Rule was added to rule, an additional rule. On the Sabbath, you could not look in a mirror, because then you might be tempted to adjust your hair, and that would be work. You could only walk as far as you needed to, but and so you needed to count your steps. In total, there were 35 melashot, they're called, or forms of work that were forbidden, and there were specifications for each one. Things like planting, plowing, reaping, gathering, cooking, baking, kneading, grinding, sewing, clothing, or tearing, writing, erasing. Okay, I'm not going to go through the full listing, but you get the idea. And the list and the detail in those rules was not the worst of it. There were punishments for breaking the Sabbath. The Sabbath day was protected by your community that punished infractions and kept watch over your actions. People seemed to always be watching Jesus to catch him breaking one of the Sabbath laws. So you can imagine how you kept the Sabbath became an issue of pride and place among the people and in your community. It was one of the most important measures of how good a person you were and whether you were in right standing with God. Yes, how you were doing with God was tethered to how you did keeping this long list of rules. Now, here's the amazing thing about the Sabbath. 
God first gave this day as a gift to humankind. It was meant to be a day of rest. But by forcing such a list of rules on the people, well, it became anything but that. It became a a day of do this, don't do that. A day when you had to guard your reputation in the community like no other day. In short, it became a burden, not a joy. It used to be fun to fly. The gift of God was turned into pages and pages of rules, and then the gospel showed up, revealing that our place with God is blood-bought. Jesus, the Son of God, is our Sabbath rest, opening the way for us to end our ceaseless labor of trying to please God or be good people as a means of salvation. He pronounced the work done and began a new and greater Sabbath. Here's the thing. The church at Colossae, there were some people that went to the Gentile believers and started to place upon them the rules of the Sabbath, the burden that even they themselves could not carry. So here Paul says that because of Jesus, no one can judge you based on the Sabbath and how you celebrate it. Nobody is watching to see how well you are performing. The days of hustling for your place with God are gone nailed to the cross of Jesus. The written code, all 57 pages of it, has been fulfilled by Jesus. He didn't leave one jot or tittle, not even one of the smallest rules in the law of God unfulfilled. And he did it all so that you can have real freedom in him. Jesus made it fun to fly again. Yes, worship has never been the same since. We can freely come to God's throne of grace. It's amazing, really. Sort of makes you wonder what might happen if one of those airlines discovered what it was like just to serve people again. What would happen if they tossed out the long rule book and discovered they saved more than enough money when they let go of the office full of lawyers that spend their time writing up those rules? And then they just began to enjoy flying and serving the people who need to fly. We'd all want to fly. And you see, this is what happened in Jesus. This is the grace you live in. So don't let anybody give you a new rule book or to add any pages to the rule book. And don't let anyone tell you that your place with God comes through anything but grace. It's God's love. And that's all. Let's pray. Lord God, we understand why so many people run from religion. Our hearts are taken captive by rules and we go through the motions. But we know that we don't want the motion. You don't want the motions from us. You want fellowship with us. Thank you for opening the way through Jesus. Help us to rejoice and to enjoy you and to glorify you forever. Amen.